Well, hello everyone and welcome to episode 15 of Switch of Play. Well, it's quite a strange one tonight because uh, you're stuck with just me and Mickey. Um, we're going to try and entertain you by ourselves because uh, James Brown turns out, despite all evidence, does not feel good. Um, he's not <laughs> going to be here tonight. Um, we do hope we'll get James on down the line, but uh, at the minute, Mickey, we're, uh, we're going solo. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I did hear that Brownie's actually got injured on the way to setting up his... <laughs> too, too easy. That's sorry. cruel, Mickey. Sorry, that's... sorry, James. Um, yeah, but obviously something's come up. But So, yeah, we're, we're going to have a chat. We're going to we'll discuss a few questions that have been asked and then um, hopefully go over some other things that might provide some interesting debate and, and hopefully a few laughs. <laughs> have you had a good week, Mickey? Yeah, good, thanks. Yeah, we've been pretty busy um, trying to get things ready for next week when the kids go back to school, so just organise everything that. We've, we've bought a caravan, so that's parked up on the right. drive and, and we're fiddling about with that and trying to get used to that as well. So it's been quite a busy week, but a lot of fun. Well, I put a little tweet out when, I, when we realised that we were going to be without James tonight and uh, just asked whether anyone had any questions. So I'll, I'll, I'll maybe we'll start with that, you know, just let's dive into a few of these yeah. questions and see... See what people have um, have got for us. So Richard Sligo is the first one that's popped up on here. He says, Mark, is there anyone you've found difficult to interview because of their personality? Um, is that is that on Switch of Play or is that in general? <laughs> I think probably we've picked good ones, haven't we, for Switch of Play? Good yeah, talk. we have, yeah. That's um, a great question. Me, the ones who get me are the ones, not necessarily who the personality is bad, but the ones where you can't guess when they're going to finish talking. So, like, right. you'll, you'll be asking them a question on camera, and then they'll just be like, and you, oh, oh, you're finished, right? Okay. Um, Can you give us any examples of... Um, I'll tell you one of the worst ones I did was, uh, you'll remember him, Mickey, a keeper called Aaron Lee Barrett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when Aaron signed, he didn't really have a lot of media experience, I don't think, to be fair to him. And I wanted to put him on the front page of the programme when he first signed. So right. I, you know that little room at Maiden Castle we used to have, the old Maiden Castle, just where you yeah, went yeah. left. So I went in there and I, and I and he was really nervous. He was like, it was only recorded like on the on my phone as well. It wasn't a video or anything. And I said, what, what, you know? He's going, oh, do you want? Are you going to ask me what what I say? What do I say? So I was like, well, I'm just going to ask you general questions. So I started asking him like a couple of just really tame questions, and he was like giving us one word answers. And then about the third question, and he just went, look, Simo, I'll stop you. Can you not just make this up? <laughs> I was like, um, what do you mean? And he went, well, I just, I'm not very good at it. So there was a programme interview with Aaron Lee Barrett, and I apologise to anyone who bought it and read it and thought, you know what, he sounds like a sound lad. But I genuinely made up was, every single word of it. So it was actually Aaron Lee Simpson on It the... was Aaron Lee Simpson <laughs> who did the interview, yeah. I was like, well, if that's what I mean, what? So that was... That was a pretty yeah. tough one. <laughs> I remember, I remember doing an interview with uh, Radio Tees once, and there was a, a girl, and I was surprised at the time because it was a woman come to do the interview. I'd yeah. never seen her before, and I, I remember being outside me in Castle, and we'll play, we had a way game coming up, and she said, "So, Mickey, you've got blah 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 on the weekend," and I was like, "No, we haven't." And she had the wrong team, and she was like, "Oh, I, uh, right. So last week you got beat three 0 and I was like, "No, we didn't." We actually won last week. And oh, I said, just no. stop, just stop. And I looked at all the notes and someone had written, obviously written, she didn't have a clue about who I was, who the football, anything to do with football. She'd obviously in last minute been sent up. So oh, I basically had to write out some more questions for her. Did you, did your own interview questions? <laughs> so I wrote out the questions. So 
I said, because if not, you're going to look silly and I'm going to look silly because all your questions are so bad, so wrong. It's, so, a good, yeah. it's a good job that you're so nice about it. That could have gone badly wrong for her, like. Yeah, yeah. I think as well, Osim, I don't know what you think, but I think, uh, I know a lot of the clubs do media training now, but I think even mm. when I listen to myself and I've done so many interviews over there, I used to drive home from matches and, and listen to Radio T's and if you've been interviewing, I yeah. used to hate listening to myself because <laughs> You, you use some words. I, I think I sound really thick when I talk. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I don't recognise myself sometimes when I hear myself on, on the radio, especially, and I hate it. And I wish, I wish I had a different accent. I wish I could speak a little bit better. But I think, I think media training for the players coming up now is so important, isn't it, to try and get yeah, that, yeah. what you were saying about Aaron, that they're not that rabbit in the headlights all the time. I think you get more of that. Even at the low league clubs now, I think there's more media training, which, as you say, it's, uh, it is. It's very important. Uh, we, we, we actually did a thing, similar on one of my management courses, and it was a brilliant exercise. You, you were sat up front as the manager in a press conference mm -hmm. and all the other people on the course. So there was like Richie was on it, Dean Smith was on it, Damien Matthews from Charlton at the time. So there's quite a few good characters, but good lads. And you were given a scenario there and then yeah. to talk about so I think I got, I got something like, oh, two of your YS players have, have been out last night. One's drink driving. So you try and answer a question, and then you can see one of the other lads is going to hit you with a question that they've just thought of to try and put <laughs> you off the set. And it was so cut, but it was so lifelike of what would happen in that scenario. And you, you're trying to think, am I going to trip myself up here while I answer the question? Do you know what I mean? I mean, there must have been so many times when you've interviewed managers, and I'm, I'm thinking of a couple more than others where you've had to stop and sort of go we can't see that or we're going to have to move yeah, on and do I, it again. I think so, yeah. I think there's possibly, yeah. I mean, most managers have been all right, but there's been a few times when players and, and perhaps haven't been the best at it and we've got to stop. I tell you, we used to do some media training with uh, the, well, I used to do some media training with the youth team. Yeah. Um, and do exactly the same as that. We just got them in a room, did some scenarios and pretended some were radio interviews, some were television interviews. One of my favourite things to do and, and no one ever pulls you up on it, and they should, because the interviewee is the most important person. Do you know what I mean? You've got to be comfortable. Yeah. So what I used to do is I'd say, right, there's a radio interview being done. I would set the scenario, and then whoever it was came out the front, and I would sit and talk to them like that close to their face. Right? <laughs> because some journalists, I mean, Ivan Ash at BBC yeah, yeah. used to get, you'll remember, he gets really yeah. close to your face. If he can just put you off for a second, you might say something that you don't want to say. That's yeah, just I, an old school journalist trick. So, yeah, I remember Ivan doing that. So I said, I used to always do that. And then at the end of the interview, no one ever pulls you up on it. And you'll say, well, you, did you feel comfortable doing that interview? And they were like, well, no, you were too close. And I said, well, why didn't you tell me? Yeah. Well, I, didn't, I didn't want it. <laughs> you know, like, right. that's the trick of the trade, I suppose. So, yeah, yeah. I remember, so ma I remember so many times, some of you being at Maiden Castle or down the ground interviewing Coops. And just having to, just having to stop because we're both here, we're laughing your heads off. Always, you know I mean? <laughs> always laughing. I mean, like, I think there's a one on the clip that I did that I still remember. Like, yes, I mean, once he, I did an interview with Neil in the office, and he would just make stuff up. And I said to him once, I swear this is totally true. We're interviewing him in his office, and I said, "Have you got any injury problems for the weekend?" And I saw this little glint in his eye, and I thought he's gonna he's gonna say something funny here, and he could just tell. And he went. Um, no, no, we, I mean, we didn't have any injury problems, but then I've just had a phone call and uh, it sounds like Adam Boyd is going to be a doubt because uh, last night 
he got his toe stuck in the plug hole of the, uh, the tap, <laughs> in the tap in his bath, and he's injured all his toe. And I'm like, went on this elaborate story, and at the end, like, look, that doesn't know him. That's not true, is it? And he went, no, absolutely not. And like, then he's in fits of laughter, just for a laugh. Just yeah. make I remember him sometimes at the training ground, he was doing an interview and he just walked along. I remember Matty Robson doing interviews and he just walked past and go, Boo, selector! And like, <laughs> just, just for himself, and he, he would just walk off and just be laughing his head off, but ruined your interview probably, but it, he, was, he was happy as Larry. There was loads of good ones. I mean, we did the, uh, I think you were there, Mickey, the year uh, that we did the, the interview completely in a Dutch accent in the Holland oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just for a bit of banter, like, he just was up for anything, wasn't he? Yeah, brilliant. He was brilliant, brilliant interview, Neil. Brilliant. Uh, right, moving on, and let's have a look. Alan Pinder says, to you both, what's your favourite memory of the club and what's the worst memory of the club and who's the best player you've seen play for the club? I think we're going to come on to players later on, but... Worst memory and favourite memory, Mickey? Um, I think I'll start with a favourite. Um, I've, I've always said it, and, and I'll stick with it, but I'll add to it. And I, the Tranmere game, for me, was head and shoulders. To the, probably not the highlight, but the, the time where I felt probably as happy as I could as a hearty bowl player because it was sort of redemption for Richie. We'd, we'd finally got to the final of a playoffs. And I know everyone says going out of Cardiff must be brilliant. It was. But that Tranmere night, I've never seen so many happy people in all my life. Everywhere we went, there was just people wanting to, to see a well done. And, and it was just an amazing feeling for a couple of hours being in and around the ground and, and on the bus and how happy everyone was, you know. And, and that was amazing. And I think another part I really, really enjoyed, and you look back on and you probably don't take it in at the time because I think half of us were half cut was the um, open-top bus trips. Yeah. You know, yeah. I saw a pic, I saw a picture of that the other day and I was like, blimey, the lads look rough on there. But <laughs> they're absolutely brilliant, you know, and, and to do it more than once is, a, is an amazing achievement and for people to turn up and, 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 and people who maybe don't come to games but just want to show their appreciation yeah, around the town. Well. It was absolutely amazing and, and, and I looked at the picture the other day and you've got Brackers on there, Tinks on there, Richie's on there, Joel, Timmy. And, and you just think, what a time, you know what I mean? What fun we're having and, and what an amazing time. You don't cherish them enough, dear. I, I know that, you know, even just as a, a support member of the, the staff at the club, you don't, people say to you, just enjoy all the, all the moments when, they're a foot, when you're a footballer. I hear that being said all the time and they just flash by, I guess, to the fire. They do, yeah. And I mean, there'll have been so many amazing games and memories in between those things as well. But I think it's when you see pictures, of certain times yeah. and certain teams. And, and um, I, I watched the Grimsby game, the highlights of the Grimsby game when we won. And I remember going in after that and, 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 we're, and we're almost giggling about it because we're like, <laughs> what, what is the score? Like, and, do you know what I mean? So stuff like that sticks in your mind. But I think those two, the Tranmere game and the, and the open top bus. And I think it's because everyone was happy. Everyone was delighted and, and so excited about what was happening. I think I would go... Probably just to, 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 to switch it up from there, probably the, the great escape year under Ronnie. Right. Just that moment. Because there was like, we'd, we'd won the game against Exeter at the Vic and it was unlikely that we were going to stay up. I'd actually already started making calls to people I knew in the media departments in the National League. Right. To find out what life was going to be like in the National League. And uh, 
I just didn't expect it to, to us to stay up. And then the you know, the exit game, we won. But then we had these like three or four minutes, which felt like four or five hours, while we had to wait for the other results. And I'll never, yeah. think, I'll never get tired of listening to the commentary because Becky is sat next to us in tears, basically. And she just, she just, I, I get shivers thinking about it. She just goes, "It's over." And like, honestly, I'm filling up now. Honestly, like, it gets me. <laughs> I'll pass, hey, I'll pass you a tissue. Honestly, man, it gets me because. It was it was more important than that. It was important because it was people's livelihoods. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah, yeah. the club, maybe you didn't know what was going to happen next week if we got relegated. And that moment was just something else. Yeah. Like, I remember at the time speaking to the lads that I played with, and and you understand how big a thing it is. But we were like, they're celebrating staying up. Yeah. Terrible. And from and from afar, you're thinking it's not a great deal to celebrate. But when you're in that moment, and and as you said, yeah. people's livelihoods and and just how well they've done to to try and get in that position was amazing, wasn't it? And I think uh, I I can totally understand sort of how emotional that must have been and how happy for days and possibly weeks after that everyone was. It was brilliant. What was it? What about worst, Mickey? What's the lower point? Um, to be honest. I would say the worst points I had was when I was actually coaching. Right. Um, and I remember going out to set warm-ups up at the Vic and people having a go at you. And, and you just, I don't know, I got to the point where I didn't really want to go out onto the pitch to, to do it because I was thinking, I'm just going to get stick. Do you know what I mean? And I was fortunate enough during my time as a, as a player that, yeah, people give us stick and, but I, I didn't receive a lot of abuse, if you know what I mean. It wasn't like a week after week after week thing. So it was just one of the first times where it was almost like constant criticism from people. And I found that really, really difficult. And, and I know people say, you've got to have a tough skin and that one, and I might not. But um, I did find that difficult. And to be honest, and I know people, certain people will say that I'm only saying this because of what's happened. I found that um, when I came to see you um, six months ago, whenever it was, down at the Vic, and, and there, was, there wasn't anyone else there apart from you, I found yeah. that really soul-destroying. I found it really difficult to, to see how far the club had sort of gone backwards and, and yeah. how, how lifeless it was. It was like a ghost town. Um, and I remember coming away just thinking, like, where is, where's the club going? You know, like, what's happened to the club that I knew? And I know it's a long time since I've been there, but I thought that was a really tough day for me and, and I'm not involved in it anymore, but it was just a realisation of sort of where the club is at the moment. I think if we're talking low points for me, um, probably the Blythe game. Blythe, I always tell people the worst games I saw were Blythe when we got knocked out in the cup and then we got knocked out of the FA Trophy in our first season uh, in, the, in the National League at Workington away. And that was fairly grim. Um, those two probably lowest points, I would suggest. Um, and away from football, obviously, the, 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 the most horrendous point was, was obviously Michael Maiden's when, yeah. when he passed away. That was just something else. I mean, um, you, you can't put into words what that did to no. the football club and, and that, you know, his family and friends. Yeah. A, a friend of mine that I work with, um, Chrissy Martin, he... A guy who runs Chester Street Cricket Club, his, his daughter's just died. He was good friends with, with Chrissy, who I work with. And, mm. and it, it brings you back into that time, doesn't it? I remember 
um, receiving the phone call off Richie and I was in the park in Durham. I hadn't travelled with a team and, and it was just an absolute, one of those moments where you just, time goes, you know what I mean? You can't understand what's being said here. And, and I think tough, speaking of tough times, I remember the funeral was really, really difficult. And, and then seeing Michael's mum and dad at games after that, I found really difficult because I always felt like I needed to go and speak to them. And, and I think, yeah, it, but out of that comes sort of hope as well. I remember the bench we had at the, at the training ground where we used to sit and with Michael's name on. And, and it's sort of, if you were pissed off or if you were angry at not being in the team and it was a place you could go and sort of have a reality check that yeah. it's a game of football and things could be a lot, lot worse. So, yeah, I agree with that. It was, it was a tough time but um, and a, a really emotional time for everyone at the club as well. <laughs> Paul, Paul Larter said, Mickey, Mark told me he was only going to Barrow because he was sick of you and knows no one to be asked. Uh, are you asked Jack Nabarro? Are you going to visit him, or will you make a new friend instead? <laughs> I can't make another friend like Simo. No <laughs> um, uh, if if it makes him happy, if, uh, who was it that asked the question? Uh, that was Paul Larder. Paul, if it makes you happy, I will follow him wherever he goes and make his <laughs> life miserable. <laughs> uh, what, what other ones? Well, to be honest, got? to be honest, Simo, I've got a caravan now. I can go wherever I want. Oh yeah, you. Do you know what I mean? So wherever you're playing, I can just hook up and uh, the caravan will be on tour. <laughs> it's a road show now. Yeah, yeah. The, Barrow, the Barrow Road Show. <laughs> um, here's what I, I know you like answering, actually, Mickey. What was it like for Mickey working with Yogi? Um, and did you feel your love for the club weakened when you got the sack? I personally think you should be in the club. It's in, you should be at the club in some capacity. That's from Michael Bratt. Um. Yogi for me was he was absolutely amazing. What a guy, what a character. But he knew the ins and outs of coaching football and how his team wanted to play. He knew exactly where he was going to take the team. Um and I just wish he'd had the chance to do it. I really do. I think he got that frustrated with probably Iowa and Russ at times that but he wasn't going to put up with any bullshit. And I think I think the people at the club knew that at the time. And um, I know he wanted a wheel and deal and he wasn't allowed to do it. And, and I honestly believe if he'd stayed for the next season that he that would have got promoted straight back up. Um, as for love for the club, I, I, I don't think the love for the club sort of waned at all. I think it was just how it happened more than... And, and I don't put that down to the club. It was the individuals involved at the time, you know. It, um, but as far as Yogi... It, and I still message him every now and again now. He, as a character and as a person and as a football guy, you couldn't have been, you couldn't have matched him. He was so infectious to be around, and he was, he was so fun. He wanted lads to enjoy playing football. He wanted them to play the right way. And I think at times you saw that even in a team that was going to be relegated, that you could see the springs of something really, really good coming through. But unfortunately, he wasn't given that chance. And to be honest. It makes a smile because when I got sacked, Yogi rang me up and he was like, Mickey, um, right, there's a fair chance you're going to get a phone call to tell you that I've been sacked, but I want to tell you first. So I was like, right, okay. So then Maureen rang me and went, Mickey, whatever, we're going to let you go, gardenly, whatever. So I thought, I'd best ring Yogi back. So I said, Yogi? He was like, what? I said, I've been sacked as well. And he went absolutely mental. You imagine how angry he got at times, Simo Garnier. 
He was up cursing. He was shouting down the phone. But he was more upset that they'd sacked me than they'd sacked him. <laughs> and, I, and I thought, you know what? That sums him up. And uh, I love him a bit. And, uh, and he's, he's a guy that should be involved in football somewhere because he's a fantastic coach. Nick Laughlin says, ask Mickey about Gus Delella at Peter Lee and at Pools at Fulham in the FA Cup. Um, I've got to be really careful about Gus because I've just been told he's signed for our rival team in the over 40s. Oh, all right, OK. So if, if I see anything too bad about him, uh, I don't know really which story Loft wants us to tell us. I will tell one about, and it's probably the one he's on about, at, at Peter Lee. Um, and I'll tell the Fulham one after that. Gus was a bit of an enigma, you know what I mean? He, he, he was his own man, but no one really said much of Gus because we were all really scared of him. He, he, he was the type of guy that would... He told us his dad used to be a football hooligan, whether this is true or not, whether he was just... So when he was young and his dad was in Argentina, he said the rival teams used to have to walk down a street to where his dad's team played. And he said that all the... All the kids of the parents who were fans and probably the ultras or whatever they are used to have to climb up a tree with a knife. So like, all right, Gus, what do you do then? He said, so when the rival fans come along, we drop down and put the knife into. <laughs> so this is a, this is a sort of background that Gus has had. So anyway, we were training one day at me and Castle, and it was all snowing. So we were all doing snow angels, and Gus was like, I do what? I take my clothes off. Take my clothes off. We were like, gosh, you don't need to do that, you can do it. So he took his clothes off and he's doing his snow angel. He's jumped up, he's happy as Larry. And there was this brown little mark, should we see it? In the oh, snow. no. <laughs> so, well, we'll move on from there. And it was actually <laughs> when, I don't know how to move on, we'll move on. And it was actually when we were traveling to Fulham, we had an FA Cup game and Gus, big beard, always had his big beard. And um, at the time, I think me and Steve are, we're in charge of the fines, or Steve was. And he said, he said, Gus, if you get on the bus with your beard, it's going to be five pound fine. And Gus was like, well, have you got a razor? So we'll give him a razor. And he went in the toilet in the bus and he come out. Honestly, he looked like something out of Scarface. He had blood everywhere. Oh my God. Cuts all over. And he got in just dry shaved this big, thick beard off because he didn't want to pay a fiver. God. So anyway, when we got to Fulham, the, um, and I, th I think this is what <laughs> Loft's probably talking about, we're playing the game, we're actually doing all right. And Fulham were like on the up end, we're starting to get a few players. And they had a lad, Simon Morgan, and he was the captain. And, uh, and something happened in midfield anyway, and, and he stood on Gus. So Gus has gone down. I think Gus has cut his head or his ear or something. So Simon Morgan's, Morgan's walked over, and Gus was a tough, tough, like what I just said in the story. He had a tough upbringing, and, and he didn't go down easily. So Simon Morgan walked across and gone, you're soft. You can bleed that bit out. So, he, so Gus has jumped up and he didn't like anyone sort of saying anything bad about him. So anyway, we got beaten the game. And I'll never forget me, Stevie Howard, and Gus went for a pint round at Craven Cottage. He had to walk right round behind the goal, up the other side. So we're having a pint of Guinness and there's a couple of stewards in. All the Fulham players come over and this Simon Morgan comes in. His kids run up, grab all of him. And he's like, yeah, yeah, thank you. We haven't that. So I see the red mist in Gus's eyes. He just puts his pipe down. So he's got his pipe again as he puts it down. He walks straight over Simon Morgan. Boosh! <laughs> he st stands over him and goes, Who's a s*** now? 
So you can, you can imagine there was about 20 stewards frog marching three of these Hartlepool players out, round back onto the bus. Uh, but that was Gus, you know what I mean? If he, if he thought you were having to go with his honour type of thing, he wasn't going to take any. I mean, I could fill a whole hour's worth of Gus stories. Gus stories. Uh, yeah, yeah. Fan, uh, brilliant, brilliant lad, though. Absolutely fantastic. Um, another one, another one. Let's have a look. Um, where are we? Uh, someone I did see asked about Adam Boyd. Yeah, one for me. How good was Adam Boyd and how far could he have gone without injuries? That's from Cameron Hornsey. I think as he was getting into the team and as he was scoring all the goals, I think he was, he was a really good footballer, Boydy. Pace-wise, that might have been the only thing that let him down at times, yeah. that he might not have been able to go and play a high because of his pace. But as a finisher, um, he was probably in the top three or five that I've played with. Um, but it's just a skill, it, it, things he could, he could... A bit like James Brown, who we're going to have on tonight, he could manipulate yeah. the ball and move the ball and defenders couldn't get near him. But he just... The thing with Boyd, he didn't look anything. He didn't look strong. He didn't look quick, which he probably wasn't. But the ball, his feet, was absolutely magical. And I think he, could, he probably could have played high, but I don't think he could have got to the real, probably the top level because of that lack of pace, if you like. But um, I think at, at that time in that league, it was him and Joel were as good a combination as, as you could have had. Do you know what I mean? They had, between them, they had everything and unfortunate injuries and and stuff off the pitch probably didn't help Boydie. Um Thoughts on Dave Challoner in the season ahead? Do you know Dave? Have you ever... I don't. I, I've never met him, to be honest, Mark. I don't really know him. Um, I, I don't really follow the National League that much either. You know, I don't... Yeah. Apart from looking out for the scores for Hartlepool, so you might be I, I a better I, person to answer that than me. Yeah, I mean, I'm still, you know, like you probably are, I'm still a fairly regular contact with, with Swains and he's quite upbeat about the players they've brought in, I think. You know, they've yeah. they've obviously cut the cloth like everybody in the National League has done, but I know they, uh, they're they quite excited about the lad Crawford they've just brought in from Knox County and, um, you know, I hope, hope they do well. I hope they can get off to a good start because that's what we've struggled in recent years to get off to a good start, haven't they? So, yeah, I think the one thing with with Dave is that he he, he knows that league, doesn't he? He knows yeah, he's yeah. bringing he's bringing so, players in that he's either seen in that league or he's worked with before, worked in before in that league. Yeah, often worked and with I, before, yeah. And I think he obviously trusts those players to perform in that league as well, and, and and those players will know how hard it is to play in that league week in and week out. So I think we all wish them all the best, even though there are a couple of people out there, Simo, who believe we don't wish them all the best. But um, that's not the case at all. We would like to see them back in the league and, oh, and, and, and back playing in front of big crowds like they used to. 